building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, happy Tuesday listeners. We are here again with The Giant Builders, and I have Jody Solberg with me. And she is a mental wellness coach. She's a certified master hypnotherapist. I'm very interested in learning more about that. She's a transformational speaker and an international best-selling author. She's also the founder and CEO of Psyched Up Success. So, hi, Jody. Welcome. Hi, Lois. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to chat today. Well, I really appreciate your time. So, tell me about your book. So, this was something that I had been thinking about and had a topic for for a long time. And I happened to have connected through an international speaking tour that I was doing um, with my friend Deborah Allen, who wanted to put together an anthology of strong, powerful women and their stories. And so it is called Fierce Women Roaring into Purpose from Pain to Purpose. And each chapter is really unique. It's a different story. There's um, 21 different authors um, that contributed to this. And it really was just something that I wanted to share because for me, you know, I've been working therapeutically um, with women really for the last you know 20 plus years. And I have my own story, right? We all do as women. We have our own journeys, our own stories. And so I wanted to share some of the lessons that I had learned through working with others as well as in my own life. And so my chapter is called Everything Happens for a Lesson. Because to me, you know, sometimes there's things that happen that are so tragic and so traumatic in our lives. And it's really hard always to find a reason or to feel like, you know, a major loss or a trauma is something that happened for a reason. But I feel like with all of my clients, as well as with myself, we've always been able to find what the lessons are that we can take away from that. And so I share some of my personal um, influences, strong women in my life and in my family, as well as some of the things that I've learned from clients through the years and just from my own experience. And it's just a, a beautiful, amazing book. You said it just came together so well. It just came out um, recently, just a few months ago and getting ready to work on the next one. So that's exciting. Well, good for you. I think it's really a blessing to have strong women in our lives. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, you can always find them. That's the amazing thing. If we, we take from different people and we look at those different influences in our lives and you can find them, you can find mentors, you can find teachers and trainers and you pick out the things, those lessons that you can learn from them. And sometimes it's not everything, right? You can take what you need and you can move forward and kind of leave the rest. But you know what I have found is that surrounding myself with really powerful, amazing, influential women has helped me to empower myself even more. Oh, I agree, truly. Well, okay, talk to me about uh, your hypnotherapist. Yes, so um, as I mentioned, I've um, been working therapeutically with um, different 
populations of people, but generally all came back to women uh, because it was just my passion really to work with women. I um, started out over 20 years ago working with um, parents and kids and families, couples, and um, that's really when I started my journey, my, my background, my education's um, social and clinical psychology. And when I was in school for clinical psychology, I knew that I was always drawn to hypnotherapy. And so that's actually when I became a hypnotherapist. So I've been doing that for over um, 20 years now too. And it was so that I could help people to get quicker results. I wanted them to be able to move forward. You know, in therapy, you think about diving into the past. And I do believe that it's important to be aware of where things come from and, you know, how the dynamics are, you know, as we're formed, you know, how that affects us now. Um, but to me, it was only really to go back and find those lessons to figure out, you know, what do I need to know from this so that I can move forward and do that and create the life and achieve the goals that I want. And so for me, hypnotherapy was just a great way to do that, to speed up the process. If you look at research, um, you know, you can get some of the same results in six sessions with hypnotherapy as it might take you, you know, six months or sometimes six years, depending on different therapy modalities. And so that's really when that started. And I've used that throughout my career. I've worked um, again with kids and families and teens, lots of female entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, things tend to get in our way uh, when we're trying to reach these big goals or make a big shift in our lives. And so, you know, those mental blocks and those things that tend to get in the way, hypnotherapy is amazing for that. And I also spent a lot of years working with people with a chronic pain, uh, you know, chronic illnesses, cancers, um, and also addiction. And so, you know, hypnotherapy has just been an amazing tool that I've always used to really help people to heal from those past hurts and those traumas and overcome some of the negative self-talk and limiting beliefs and some of those old habits that we um, would use for, you know, comfort or self-soothing or just, um, a coping strategy and really make those shifts and help people do that on a much deeper level than just talking. Talk to me about what is Psyched Up Success. You're the CEO of Psyched Up Success. So that is the company that I started um, pre-pandemic. I knew that I wanted to make a shift. I had always had a goal and a dream of having my own private practice. Um, and it was funny because it was many, many years ago, I thought, gosh, I really want to have my own private practice and I want to work from home. But as a female and as a therapist, um, and before technology, before we had this, um, that wasn't really a thing. Um, they showed it sometimes for men on television. That was the interesting thing. That's what I saw. I saw some um, men, some you know, male characters on TV shows that could do that from home but it wasn't practical. It made no sense. Um, and so now that we have technology, I thought, gosh, this is the perfect time. I was already doing some work virtually, but I wasn't doing virtual client sessions yet. 
and it was it was time it was the age i said hey i want to have this um, private practice this is what i want to do and i decided to put my two worlds together i was actually in addition to working therapeutically for all of those years um, i also had a separate business with coaching uh, because I started my first business when I was in grad school to pay off my six figures and student loans. Mm -hmm. And I was doing coaching and consulting. And that's really where I was working in the um, you know fields with entrepreneurs. And I was doing a lot of networking and just really found that passion for working with those women in business who were trying to start businesses and build businesses. And I thought, you know, this is the perfect time for me to be able to put my two worlds together. And I was personally going through a kind of a reboot of chronic burnout. You know, it was something that I'd had a few challenges with that over the years because I was always a very high achiever. I always had a lot on my plate. I always had, you know, a job and businesses and school and you know all of these things and i always had put a lot of those pressures and expectations on myself and i knew i needed a lifestyle shift and it just kind of all came together and i had a mentor um who was one of my hypnotherapy professors who had actually been working virtually with clients and so i went and did some extended training with her learned how all of that would work, how I could move everything. And so Psyched Up Success for me, is really the best of both worlds. It was for me to be able to work with those professional women uh, that I was working with when I was coaching, uh, but I wasn't able to help them with the deeper challenges because it wasn't my job at the time, right? So I can really focus on those professional women and focus on those things that I thought, gosh, I know how to fix this. It's just not my job as a coach. And so for me, really taking those coaching skills and certifications and moving it into that mental health and wellness side and marrying that with my hypnotherapy practice really gave me everything that I wanted. It helped me to really kind of work in that joy zone of who I wanted to help and how I wanted to do it because it wasn't really my passion to just tell people how to run their businesses. It was really about helping them empower themselves and heal some of those past hurts and overcome those limiting beliefs and do those things so that then they can go out and build a really successful business. And so that's really what Psyched Up Success is all about. So, you know, for me, I still have my um, hypnotherapy practice and I also team up with the other amazing business coaches to help with the mindset, to help with that mental wellness piece because we are whole people as women we have so many different roles and so many different things that we do that you know if we're in business or we're working on our careers we need to be working from all sides inside and out and so that's really what psyched up success meant to me it was really um kind of the culmination of a dream of what I had always wanted to do. And then we had the pandemic and I was already working virtually. So I'm so grateful that I started it when I did. Oh, good. The timing was perfect. I find that we, especially women, but I'm sure that it's men entrepreneurial thing too, that we do feel or have approaches of burnout. So what are some signs and stages of burnout? 
Yes, absolutely. And men and women definitely both can experience this. Uh, absolutely, you know, would not count them out of this at all. But sometimes it just presents in different ways. And I feel like with women, you know, I just tend to focus practicing mostly with women. I do work with some couples and, and some gentlemen too. Um, but for me, I see it a lot in women because we are natural caregivers. And so, you know, we tend to put the pressure on ourselves as well as society puts the pressure upon us to try to do all the things. Right? Men compartmentalize a little bit better. And I think that's just how we're raised in our society of, you know, being able to close the door and, and turn that on and off. And for women, it's like we always feel like we have to answer because somebody's got a crisis and we have to take care of it. And it has definitely shifted with the pandemic because now, you know, men and women working from home, homeschooling, you know, doing those kinds of things that became more of a norm and there's less gender roles. Um, you know, it's going that direction where there's men that stay home with the kids and, um, and women that are working, but we do tend to put more of that pressure on ourselves from what I see in my own practice. And so what I'll find with those stages and kind of signs of burnout across the board is people aren't prepared for trying to do all of the things. And so the first stage of burnout is actually before you're burnt out. So, you know, you're trying to take on a new project or start this new business or something you're really excited about. You have a lot of energy, you're committed to it. Um, you know, you're really productive, you're working hard, everything's going really well. That's actually the first stage of burnout. That's where we need to actually put systems in place to prevent it. So I would say, you know, that enthusiasm is actually the first place that you want to set yourself up for success and not failure when it comes to burnout. And then when you start seeing some of those signs, that's that challenge stage for me. You know, it's really you start seeing some of the effects of stress, um, maybe starting to have a little bit of sleep issues. Um, you know, your mind's going and it's hard to get that rest. Um, I have a little bit of strain in your relationships, but you start seeing some signs in your body, some health signs, but they're minor and most people blow them off. It's our bodies will tell us if something's going on and if we don't listen, it will get worse. So then you get to the struggle phase and that's where you're, um, you start getting a little frustrated. It's like trying to get it all done, but you really can't fatigue starts getting a little worse, right? If you miss some sleep, it's a cumulative effect. Um, motivation and your productivity and your focus and start dwindling, start suffering there. You start getting a little anxiety. And then all the things piled on all of the time will make that start. Then we get into the conflict stage. It's where your body is literally fighting against you. Your immune system goes down, which is not a good thing. As we know, there's a lot going around right now. And a lot of people are getting sick because they're worn out um, and have some digestive issues. You're kind of in denial that this is what it is. You're just thinking, oh, I'm just run down or I'm just sick, but it's not getting better. And you might get sicker, closer together, things of that nature. And then the crash happens. 
that's when you're mentally and physically just exhausted. You start lacking motivation and interest and excitement for the things that you were really excited about before. Again, some anxiety, some depression might come in there. And then it starts getting chronic. Right? You get chronic burnout, that's when your body can't recover. So you're unable to recover, you're unable to pull yourself out of it. Um, your job or your business might really suffer from that, your relationships might suffer. So I feel like, you know, that's when it becomes a cycle. And for me, you know, sometimes it was years apart where I'd hit all the way to um, kind of that really conflict phase where my body was fighting against me, but it happens. And then you, you know, try to recover. And then if you don't change and you don't make a shift, it just keeps going in this big vicious circle. And a lot of my clients that come to me will tell me that they're basically living between stage two and three all of the time mm. that, you know, they're always a little tired. They're not getting really a lot of sleep. They're having an issue and then they need to make a shift in their lifestyle in order to keep it from getting worse. Um, but yeah, so you can definitely catch it anytime. The best time to do it, of course, is before. <laughs> um, but the second best time is right now to really notice those things and make a shift. How can we recover from burnout or how do we prevent it from happening? It's really the same. So prevention and recovery is just putting those systems in place that are really going to support you in order to recover and then keep it from happening again. I made a major lifestyle shift. Now, not everybody has to do that. You know, I decided I'm going to completely work from home, got rid of the office. I ended up building a house on our previous vacation property and moving out into the mountains. <laughs> you don't have to change your whole life. Uh, it was just something that, you know, in this stage of my life, that that's what I wanted. And you know, that's what my husband wanted too. And so, you know, I was able to make these big shifts, but you can actually put smaller systems into place in order to make that happen. So the first step to recovering or um, preventing is just being aware, starting to get much more in tune with what's going on, with how you're feeling, with what's going on in your body. So emotional and physical awareness is really important. Just watching for any warning signs. So I would definitely say that's the first. Second is um, practicing mindfulness, being more present in your life. So staying in the present moment, being really intentional about what you're choosing to spend your time on, what you're choosing to spend your energy on, who you're choosing to spend it on, and just being really mindful that the choices that you make will have positive or negative effects. And so guarding and protecting your energy, I think is really important there. So putting some self-care into your routine realizing that it's not selfish. That's one thing that women definitely trump on is they think self-care is selfish. If they're not giving to everyone else all of the time, then there's something wrong and that they're being selfish and that they shouldn't have to do that. But it's so important to guard and protect your energy 
and refill your own cup so you actually have something to give other people so that you're giving them your best and not kind of leftovers and having nothing for you at the end that absolutely creates burnout and it's important to put boundaries into your life so creating and enforcing really consistent boundaries with your time, again, with your energy, um, between your personal and professional life. Again, that's something for everyone that has suffered, um, who wasn't used to working from home and didn't already have those set and just got thrown into it. It's hard to set those boundaries when you know you don't have the time and the intention to think about it first. And so now figuring out what's working and what's not working. Right? What's making you feel better? What's making you feel worse? So being really in tune to that and then just prioritizing according to your values, learning how to say no and being able to really be intentional about making sure that you get the breaks, making sure that you take rest, that you work when you're at your peak energy and productivity. And that if your body is telling you you need to rest, listening. And I love that that's come out of the pandemic. That's probably one of the best things I think is that now we're not encouraged to go to work sick, to run ourselves down. People are very supportive now, whereas they never were before to, you know, say, no, stay home, take your time. Don't come. It's okay. Right? Cause nobody else wants to get sick. And I remember, you know, one of the first times that I suffered from burnout, I was working in, um at our private school um counseling and i was just running myself ragged and i ended up having some significant health challenges and i was pressured to go back to work a lot sooner than i should have and i wasn't completely healed and i was back at work because i said well we need you we don't have anyone to take over for you and that just contributed so i think that is definitely something in society that that helps but really making sure that you have harmony in your life um i don't like the word balance lois <laughs> that's a that's a big uh, like nails on the chalkboard moment for me when people talk about balance because you know what that sounds like so much work yeah. It sounds like you're constantly on this teeter-totter and you're trying to keep it exactly level, right, with these scales. Mm -mm. Yeah, work-life harmony. For me, it's when everything can flow together and be pleasing to you. I think of it like a song. All the different areas of real life, sometimes there's a vocal solo and it's all about you. You know, And sometimes there's drums. And sometimes it's a guitar solo. But in overall, it's all going to flow really nicely together. And it's going to be something that brings you joy and happiness and doesn't wear you down and stress you out. All right. So, so as a woman, mm -hmm. this is hard. Do you have any tips on like, okay, how do I make myself balance? Yes. So how do you put yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, it can, it can be hard. I think, you know, remembering that what we do for ourselves is what we are modeling for others sometimes helps. Right? Remembering that, you know, you're teaching other people not just how to treat you, but also how to treat themselves. You know, the fact that you respect and love yourself and are going to take care of yourself teaches the other people that you care for that it's important to do those things. And so um, that can help with the not being selfish. 
and that mindset. Um, you know, again, we're natural caregivers. We're kind of designed and encouraged from birth to put other people first. And so really scheduling it in, being intentional to say, you know, if it's five minutes, if it's 15 or 30 minutes or an hour or a whole day, you know, whatever it is, building in those pockets of time for you. So making sure that you build in breaks. That's something that I do all of the time now. I make sure I don't rush. I used to rush from one thing to the next, to the next. And it just completely burned me out. You know, always on the go, always getting there right on time. And like, if anything went wrong in my day, everything was going wrong. Right. And so I took that pressure off myself and I said, you know what, I'm going to give myself a little extra time in between. I'm going to make sure that I can take care of my body, that I can hydrate, that I can go for a walk. If I need to move, I can use the restroom. You know, I can do all of these things for me, just simple things. And then making sure that you have some quiet time. I always encourage bookending your days, especially as women, the middle sometimes is very full of a lot of things. And so I would say the bookends are the beginning and the end, giving yourself a little bit of quiet time, a little bit of self-care, whatever um, makes you happy and kind of, you know, gearing up for the day in the beginning and winding down at the end. But those give you a really solid foundation. It kind of keeps everything together in our lives. If we're able to do that for our day and we can give ourselves that time to re-energize, can really make a huge difference and really filling up your cup and remembering that if you don't refill your energy and recharge your energy, what are you even giving to other people anyway? A lot of times when we're run down, we're not giving them our best. You know, we're snapping at our family where our patience is wearing thin, we're exhausted right? you're not even giving them the best that you would really want to. And so trying to remember visualizing, filling your cup so much that you're actually giving other people the overflow. You're not just pouring it out all day until it's completely empty at the end. You actually need to take those times. And like I said, the beginning and the end are really great times to do that. If it's just a few minutes or a little bit longer to have some time to yourself to make sure that you are refilling so you can give it to other people. So that's how I would encourage women because we're so focused on what we do for others that if we put it in terms of that, of like, well, I can't give my best self to anyone if I don't take care of myself, tends to work to get ourselves to shift and actually put it in our schedule. Put it in your schedule, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, well, any closing thoughts? You know, I really believe that as women, it's so important for us to empower ourselves and again, to be those models for others around us, right? So knowing yourself, really taking the time to get to know you and who you are as an individual, you know, not just always giving back to other people. Like, what do you enjoy? What do you love? Make sure to incorporate some of those things. And sometimes that is with other people and that's wonderful. Um, but I would just really encourage anyone who's listening to start exploring, start getting to know yourself, start being more aware, you know, practice some of that mindfulness and really think about like, how do you feel 
what do you like? What do you believe? What are your values? And start making decisions and choices in your life based on that. And when you do, everything seems to come together around you. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you. That was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I've got, I've got to uh, retrain myself. <laughs> We all do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing that's important. It's like, we've all been there. That's okay. Right. You have to give yourself some grace. You have to like, just look again, like I mentioned earlier for those lessons and just see what you can do to just make little small shifts and improvements. doesn't have to be everything all at once. It's, it's nice because, you know, we are, always on that kind of progress and process of a journey. There's no like end result where we're all perfect. We just are basically making constant adjustments. And so, yeah, retraining yourself is, right. is a process, but you know, it's what we get to do. We get to just keep working on being our best. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much. And giant builders, remember, go to our YouTube channel and leave a comment below and we'll have a drawing for one of Jody's books. So that will be fun. Thank you so much, Lois. I appreciate your time and everyone that's listening. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next Tuesday, Giant Builders. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.